Section 34 of The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andre Levy. AndreLevy.net, Lisbon, Portugal. The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 955. When it was the 955th night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that then they ate and drank and made merry, and Ibrahim wept and repeated the following verses. O my friend, and I rendered my life, my sprite, my wealth, and whatever the world can unite. Nay, the eternal garden and paradise, for an hour of union my heart would buy it. Then he sobbed a great sob, and fell down a swoon. The porter sighed, and when he came to himself, he said to him, O oh, my lord, what is it gars thee weep? And who is she to whom thou alludest in these verses? Indeed, she cannot be but as dust to thy feet. But Ibrahim arose, and for all reply brought out a parcel of the richest raiment that women wear, and said to him, Take this to thy harim. So he carried it to his wife, and she returned with him to the young man's lodging, and behold, she found him weeping, quoth the doorkeeper to him. Verily thou breakest our hearts. Tell us what fair one thou desirest, and she shall be naught save thy handmaid. Quoth he, O uncle, know that I am the son of Al-Kasib, wazir of Egypt, and I am enamoured of Jamila, daughter of Abu Alais the governor. Exclaimed the porter's wife, Allah, Allah, O my brother, leave this talk, lest any hear of us and we perish. Verily there is not on earth's face a more masterful than she, nor may any name to her the word man, for she is of verse from men. Wherefore, O my son, turn from her to other than her. Now when Ibrahim heard this, he wept with sore weeping, and the doorkeeper said to him, I have nothing save my life, but that I will risk for thy love, and find thee a means of winning thy will. Then the twain went out from him, and on the morrow he betook himself to the Haman, and donned a suit of royal raiment, after which he returned to his lodging, when, behold, the porter and his wife came in to him and said, Know, O my lord, that there is a humpbacked tailor here who soweth for the lady Jamila. Go thou to him and acquaint him with thy case. Haply he will show thee the way of attaining thy name. So the youth Ibrahim arose, and betaking himself to the shop of the humpbacked tailor, went in to him and found with him ten mamelukes as they were moons. He saluted them with the salam, and they returned his greeting, and bade him welcome, and made him sit down. 
and indeed they rejoiced in him and were amazed at his charms and loveliness especially the hunchback who was confounded at his beauty of form and favour presently he said to the gobo i desire that thou sew me up my pocket and the tailor took a needleful of silk and sewed up his pocket which he had torn purposely whereupon ibrahim gave him five dinars and returned to his lodging quoth the tailor what thing have i done for this youth that he should give me five gold pieces and he passed the night pondering his beauty and generosity and when morning morrowed ibrahim repaired to the shop and saluted the tailor who returned his salam and welcomed him and made much of him then he sat down and said to the hunchback o oh, uncle sew up my pocket for i have rent it again replied the tailor on my head and eyes o oh, my son and sewed it up whereupon ibrahim gave him ten ducats and he took them amazed at his beauty and generosity then said he by allah o youth for this conduct of thine needs must be a cause this is no matter of sewing up a pocket but tell me the truth of thy case and thou be in love with one of these boys by allah there is not among them a comelier than thou for they are each and every as the dust at thy feet and behold they are all thy slaves and at thy command or if it be other than this tell me replied ibrahim o oh, uncle this is no place for talk for my case is wondrous and my affair marvellous rejoined the tailor and it be so come with me to a place apart so saying he rose up in haste and took the youth by the hand and carrying him into a chamber behind the shop said now tell me thy tale o youth accordingly ibrahim related his story first and last to the tailor who was amazed at his speech and cried o youth fear allah for thyself indeed she of whom thou speakest is a virago and averse from men wherefore o my brother do thou guard thy tongue else thou wilt destroy thyself when ibrahim heard the hunchback's words he wept with sore weeping and clinging to the tailor's skirts said help me o my uncle or i am a dead man for i have left my kingdom and the kingdom of my father and grandfather and am become a stranger in the lands and lonely nor can i endure without her when the tailor saw how it was with him he pitied him and said o my son i have but my life and that i will venture for thy love for thou makest my heart ache but by to-morrow i will contrive thee somewhat whereby thy heart shall be solaced ibrahim blessed him and returned to the khan told the doorkeeper what the hunchback had said and he answered indeed he hath dealt kindly with thee next morning the youth donned his richest dress and taking a purse of gold repaired to the gobo and saluted him then he sat down and said o uncle keep thy word with me quoth the hunchback arise forthright and take thee three fat fowls and three ounces of sugar-candy 
and two small jugs which do thou fill with wine, also a cup. Lay all these in a budget, and to-morrow after the morning prayers take boat with them, saying to the boatmen, I would have thee row me down the river below Basra. And he say to thee, I cannot go farther than a parasang. Do thou answer, as thou wilt. But when he shall have come so far, lure him on with money to carry thee farther. And the first flower-garden thou wilt descry after this will be that of the Lady Jamila. Go up to the gate as soon as thou espiest it, and there thou wilt see two high steps, carpeted with brocade, and seated thereon a Quasimodo like me. Do thou complain to him of thy case, and crave his favour. Belike he will have compassion of thy condition, and bring thee to the sight of her, though but for a moment from afar. This is all I can do for thee and unless he be moved to pity for thee, we be dead men, I and thou. This, then, is my rede, and the matter rests with the Almighty. Quoth Ibrahim, I seek aid of Allah. Whatso he willeth, becometh, and there is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah. Then he left the hunchback tailor, and returned to his lodging, where, taking the things his adviser had named, he laid them in a bag. On the morrow, as soon as it was day, he went down to Tigris Bank, where he found a boatman asleep. So he awoke him, and giving him ten sequins, bade him row him down the river below Basra. Quoth the man, O my lord, it must be on condition that I go no farther than a parasang, for if I pass that distance by a span, I am a lost man, and thou too. And quoth Ibrahim, Be it as thou wilt. Thereupon he took him, and dropped down the river with him, till he drew near the flower-garden, where he said to him, O my son, I can go no farther, for if I pass this limit, we are both dead men. Hereat Ibrahim pulled out other ten dinars, and gave them to him, saying, Take this spending money, and better thy cause therewithal. The boatman was ashamed to refuse him, and fared on with him, crying, I commit the affair to Allah the Almighty. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of Night 955 Night 956 when it was the nine hundred and fifty-sixth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the youth Ibrahim gave the boatman other ten dinars, the man took them, saying, I commit the affair to Allah the Almighty, and fared on with him downstream. When they came to the flower-garden, the youth sprang out of the boat in his joy, a spring of a spear's cast from the land, and cast himself down whilst the boatman turned and fled. Then Ibrahim fared forward, and found all as it had been described by the gobo. He also saw the garden-gate open, and in the porch a couch of ivory, whereon sat a humpbacked man of pleasant presence, clad in gold-laced clothes, and handing in hand a silvern mace plated with gold. So he hastened up to him, and seizing his hand, kissed it, whereupon asked the hunchback, 
Who art thou, and whence comest thou, and who brought thee hither, O my son? And indeed, when the man saw Ibrahim Kasib's son, he was amazed at his beauty. He answered, O uncle, I am an ignorant lad and a stranger, and he wept. The hunchback had pity on him, and taking him up on the couch, wiped away his tears and said to him, No harm shall come to thee, and thou be in debt, may Allah settle thy debt, and if thou be in fear, may Allah appease thy fear. Replied Ibrahim, O uncle, I am neither in fear, nor am I in debt, but have money in plenty, thanks to Allah. Rejoined the other, Then, O my son, what is thy need, that thou venturest thyself and thy loveliness to a place wherein is destruction? So he told him his story, and disclosed to him his case, whereupon the man bowed his head earthwards a while, then said to him, was he who directed thee to me the humpbacked tailor? Yes, answered Ibrahim. And the keeper said, This is my brother, and he is a blessed man, presently adding, But, my son, had not affection for thee sunk into my heart, and had I not taken compassion on thee, verily thou wert lost, thou and my brother and the doorkeeper of the Khan and his wife. For know that this flower-garden hath not its like on the face of the earth, and that it is called the garden of the wild heifer, nor hath any entered in it in all my life long, save the Sultan and myself and its mistress Jamila. And I have dwelt here twenty years, and never yet saw any else attain to this stead. Every forty days, the Lady Jamila cometh hither in a bark, and landeth in the midst of her women under a canopy of satin, whose skirts ten damsels hold up with hooks of gold whilst she entereth, and I see nothing of her. Nonetheless, I have but my life, and I will risk it for the sake of thee. Herewith Ibrahim kissed his hand, and the keeper said to him, Sit by me till I devise somewhat for thee. Then he took him by the hand and carried him into the flower-garden, which, when he saw, he deemed it Eden, for therein were trees intertwining, and palms high towering, and waters welling, and birds with various voices caroling. Presently the keeper brought him to a domed pavilion, and said to him, this is where the Lady Jamila sitteth. So he examined it, and found it of the rarest of pleasances, full of all manner paintings in gold and lapis lazuli. It had four doors, where two men mounted by five steps, and in its centre was a cistern of water, to which led down steps of gold, all set with precious stones. Amiddlewards the basin was a fountain of gold, with figures large and small, and water jetting in gerbs from their mouths. And when, by reason of the issuing forth of the water, they attuned themselves to various tones, it seemed to the hearer as though he were in Eden. Round the pavilion ran a channel of water, 
turning a Persian wheel whose buckets were silver and covered with brocade. To the left of the pavilion was a lattice of silver, giving upon a green park wherein were all manner wild cattle and gazelles and hare, and on the right hand was another lattice, overlooking a meadow full of birds of all sorts, warbling in various voices and bewildering the hearer's wits. Seeing all this, the youth was delighted, and sat down in the doorway by the gardener, who said to him, How seemeth to thee my garden? quoth Ibrahim. Tis the paradise of the world. Whereat the gardener laughed. Then he rose and was absent a while, and presently returned with a tray full of fowls and quails and other dainties, including sweetmeats of sugar, which he set before Ibrahim, saying, Eat thy sufficiency. So he ate his fill, whereat the keeper rejoiced, and cried, By Allah, this is the fashion of kings and son of kings. Then said he, O Ibrahim, what hast thou in yonder bag? Accordingly he opened it before him, and the keeper said, Carry it with thee, twill serve thee when the lady Jamila cometh, for when once she is come, I shall not be able to bring thee food. Then he rose, and taking the youth by the hand, brought him to a place fronting the pavilion, where he made him an arbor among the trees, and said to him, Get thee up there, and when she cometh thou wilt see her, and she will not see thee. This is the best I can do for thee, and on Allah be our dependence. Whenas she singeth, drink thou to her singing, and whenas she departeth, thou shalt return in safety whence thou camest, inshallah. Ibrahim thanked him, and would have kissed his hand, but he forbade him. Then the youth laid the bag in the arbor, and the keeper said to him, O Ibrahim, walk about, and take thy pleasure in the garth, and eat of its fruits, for thy mistress's coming is appointed to be to-morrow. So he solaced himself in the garden, and ate of its fruits, after which he nighted with the keeper. And when morning morrowed, and showed its sheen and shone, he prayed the dawn prayer, and presently the keeper came to him with a pale face, and said to him, Rise, O my son, and go up into the arbor, for the slave-girls are come to order the place, and she cometh after them. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of Night 956 Recording by Andre Levy AndreLevy.net Lisbon, Portugal